Welcome to Professor Forever. I am the Professor Forever. Sorry, this podcast is a little late. So, I'm very glad you're here before the show. So, a little bit of an update on the last episode, which was a day in the life. This is kind of moving into... Weeks in the life, or a month or so in the life. So I participated in a program called Saved by the Scan. If you're a person that is addicted to TV like I am and don't want to pay the premium for the streaming channels, you see commercials, you can't avoid them, and you have probably seen a commercial for Saved by the Scan. It is a commercial about, it is animated commercial, a woman who smokes and then gives up smoking, and then she goes in to the doctors and it shows her in a CT scan machine. And then she is older and she is blowing blowing bubbles and playing with her granddaughter, or great-granddaughter, it's hard to tell. Okay, so my pulmonologist asked me, a while ago if I would participate in this program as an ex-smoker who fulfilled all of the requirements. And the requirements, I don't remember them off the top of my head, but it was something like you had to have smoked for 25 years or more, a certain number of packs a day, and have quit for a certain number of years. So I said I would do it, and then I got COVID, and then visitors, and then... so. I eventually did the scan three weeks ago, I think. Yes. So I did the scan, and it was on a Saturday. And then on a Monday, somebody called me from that program. And it is sponsored by the American Lung Association. So she said that something was found on my CT scan, and a doctor would be calling me the next day. And in fact, the doctor called me the next day, and he said, can you come in today? and talk to me. So I knew it was something kind of serious. So my partner and I went in to see this doctor. I had never met this doctor before. Um, He has a weird um, attitude, affect. He was very confident that this mass that was found in my lung was indeed stage one cancer. And it shocked me out of my mind. But, uh, so he wanted a biopsy, and there were certain kinds of biopsies that could be done, and he was suggesting a particular type, and he was going to talk to his uh, pulmonary surgeon partner, I think they are partnered up for the Saved by the Scan program, um, about what to do, and then go forward. So I had a biopsy last Friday. 
and it took longer than they thought it was going to take. And part of that is because of where it was and because of my emphysema. And, um, but anyway, I was waiting for the doctors to call me back and give me my results. But um, things were popping up, test results, lab results were popping up on my um, web medical portal. And so I had to decide whether I was going to look at them or I was going to wait for the doctor to talk to me. Well, as most of you can guess with my personality, and I imagine that probably more than half people, half 50% or more of people would actually want to know. So I got on there and I saw a non-malignant um, diagnosis, which was great. I mean, I had no idea, friends, how much this whole thing of weeks was weighing on me until it was lifted. And then I just felt like flying. Um, and I was so happy and so happy. And now there's a complication. I mean, I guess I should have imagined that there would be a complication. <laughs> right? As I said to a friend just today, very rarely do we have a zero-sum game in uh, life, right? Where it's 100% good, 100% bad. And a, as a person who believes in the gray subtleties of existence, I certainly know that. You may hear sounds in the background because the air show is being held this weekend and it is a an annual event in San Diego and I live by an Air Force base and so every year we have to batten down the hatches for the cats because they put on the air show. So you're going to hear uh, F-15s screeching across the sky probably and I can't help it. Okay. Anyway, it made me think about starting over and how difficult it is for me to start over. Is it difficult or not for me to start over? And again, like the grayness that invades everything, I think context is everything here, right? It depends on what it is, whether it's easy to start over or not. You know, with art, I very rarely start over. Only in the last couple of years have I taken to editing my writing. And I kind of like it. Um, but I have always been a person who just wants to get whatever art is coming out of me instantaneously out there. Now, there was an exception to this rule, and that was when I was uh, working as a performance poet in Chicago, and I was performing at the Green Mill. I would work on those pieces over and over and over again, but mostly I didn't line edit them. I sound edited them. So I would just repeat them over and over as I was memorizing them, and I would change them along the way. Um, but mostly, I'm a person who doesn't start over in art. But there are benefits to being able to look at something that has happened, draw a definitive line, and it can be a little bit transparent, that line. And I'll talk about that a little more later. But then, you know, pick yourself up, brush yourself off, and take a new perspective on something. 
You know, I just finished reading uh, Milan Kundera's The Unbearable Lightness of Being. Such an interesting work. And in that work, there is one character who feels like his whole world goes through an upheaval and gets changed and gets better after his mistress breaks up with him. Not at first. At first, he is devastated, and he wonders how he will go on without this person. But at last. So after he does finally pick himself up and brush himself off and start walking forward, then his life becomes, you know, many times better than what it was when he was with that mistress. And the perspective part about it was he didn't even see what was going on while he was embroiled in that affair, right? So it took this major change to give him a new perspective on which to look back at something. So when I got this uh, diagnosis, of course, at first I was kind of I had some shame, right, for past actions that I've had in my life. And it's not only smoke I've put in my lungs, scholars, as you know, if you've listened to the podcast. So I feel like, you know, I, I felt kind of guilty. And it gave me uh, not a better perspective, but certainly a uh, more intensified perspective on my past actions at the moment. And then... When I saw those words, that word, it's a hyphenated word, non-malignant, I felt like that was something dropping and breaking, and it meant a whole new world was opened up to me. And then I could see only bright things ahead, right? I felt so lucky, and I told my friends that I told about the situation that I felt so lucky that I have always said I'm the luckiest person that I know. And, and now it seems like, uh, the doctors are going to want another biopsy and I'm going to have to be monitored pretty closely. And so I'm confused again, right? I was starting over, but then I wasn't. And now I'm going to have to start over again, but I am brightened by this lesson that I learned from Kundera's literature. And I also am thinking about retirement. Retirement for me did not have the demons that a lot of people experience when they give up work. But at the same time, it did give me a new perspective. It was starting over, but it was starting again, right? I was starting again to try to live as creatively as a child. So it gave me a new start, retirement did, in terms of time and in terms of self-care. And yet that self-care has led to this new challenge. I have a friend too, who has been stuck um, in a non-relationship because of a financial situation, um, because of real estate uh, with her ex 
partner for a long time. And I'm so proud of my friend because she finally just has decided that she needs to make proactive moves in breaking that off more cleanly and starting over and moving forward. And she is in some new glee in her life. Um, of course, you know, there is, because of the zero-sum game, there you know, is some sadness tinged with the nostalgia of leaving a place. And I hope that if she's listening, because she always does, though she is listening, I hope that she remembers to say goodbye to the walls um, of her real estate and to thank them for sheltering her, and, I, and I'm sure that she will. Um, I saw this great uh, comedy. I think it's on Netflix recently. British, right? The British, they know comedy so well. I guess it's because they're so much older than us as a country. The Breaker Upperers. I highly recommend it. And it made me think about a relationship where I had to start over and it was so very difficult um, because the first scene is these two women who run a company helping people break up with people. And they were sitting at a table with a woman giving her the news that in fact, her husband was missing. They were fake cops. So they have these disguises that they wear in the line of their business. They showed up at her house and said that he has been missing for a while. And so, and she is just beyond herself with grief. And it reminded me of this breakup I had. Um, and I think I've talked about it. It deals with the woman, she whose name will not be spoken. And I do steal that tag from my best friend um, who wears a black heart tattoo on his chest over his heart uh, in reminding, in remembrance of she whose name would not be spoken in his life. So I have one of those too. But anyways, I cried and cried and cried and cried at this cafe when she broke up with me and she was just drinking coffee. I think I talked about it on another episode because there was a man sitting in a booth next to us and he started to cry too because I was crying so blatantly and so emotionally. I was sobbing and keening and I couldn't believe what was happening. And it took me a while to start over. In fact, I hold myself up in my apartment and it was only a family member that was able to get me into emergency counseling that really started the ball rolling on me starting over. And boy, when I look back on it now, because it's all about perspective, right? And retrospective. Oh my God. Thank you. She whose name will not be spoken for breaking up with me. Oh my God, if that had dragged on any longer, I probably wouldn't have had the relationship I had now or it would have been delayed or who knows what would have happened. But everything fell in place after I, you know, kind of woke up and started over. What are the ways that you start over, scholar? Do you have rituals that you do? See, I'm I'm a person that's so spontaneous. I don't think I have rituals. And 
in a way that has saddened me when I have thought about it more. Remember the person that said to me, oh, I can't believe you don't have an heirloom. That makes me want to cry, right? I don't have heirlooms. I don't have rituals. I don't have traditions. And in a way that really fits me because I'm non-traditional and I am pretty inventive. And if you do things spontaneously, you have to do things off the cuff. You have to react off the cuff and you have to uh, create scenarios and situations for yourself off the cuff. And I feel like that's quite creative. Um, I had another ex and I was saddened by our breakup, but she said the most romantic thing to me when we saw each other one more time. And I had, I was starting over, but I was trying to gather what I could from her in terms of information and or affection and or could we still be friends. Do you know that song by Todd Rundgren? Can we still be friends? Oh, my God. Please look it up. It is a fabulous, fabulous song. If you don't know him. Um, And Utopia, his band. She said to me, no, we're not going to see each other again. I'm not going to be friends with you. But when I read in the future, and that was really a rare thing. If I come across, she didn't say that, I did. If I come across poetry that reminds me of your poetry, I will think back on what a fabulous writer you are. That was a gift. I thought that was a real gift. And that helped me start over. So if you're going to break up, consider giving someone a gift like that. Just one little kernel that will make them realize that you were worth it. To them, at some point, you were worth it. Cannot be now, but that doesn't take away from the fact that at one time you were something special. So I'm not going to break up anymore. So I can't do that. So I'm passing that uh, tip on to you. Now, there are times that people start over, but they take too much from the past, not just a little gift, right? And so what I'm thinking of now is, and this is a prequel to the horror films that I will be covering. Um, And I'm going to try to make it not a whole horror month of podcasts because that's not the purpose of this podcast. But you do know I love my horror and you do know that Nancy and I watch a horror movie Every day in October. So I will be giving some reviews. But have you ever seen The Hunger? 
If you've never seen The Hunger, I also highly recommend that. So I've got a lot of things to recommend today, right? I recommend giving that gift to someone you break up with. I recommend watching The Breaker Upperers. I recommend reading Milan Kundera's The Unbearable Lightness of Being. And I recommend watching The Hunger. The Hunger is a metaphorical vampire movie. I mean, it is a vampire movie. Oh, my God. Christian, um, Catherine Deneuve, David Bowie's in it, Susan Sarandon. It's fabulous. Fabulous 80s fair. Uh, but it's about overlapping relationships. Something that I used to do, scholars, and to my great detriment, I believe. When you do that, you don't respect yourself. Because you're not going forward unencumbered, like the people, like the character, Franz, in Kundera's literature, who had no choice but to be unencumbered, or like I was when I finally got counseling after that horrible, horrible breakup, or like I was when I took that little nugget of a thought of a gift from one of my exes. You're just moving ahead in muddle and you're bringing that muddle along with you. And oftentimes, so you're going to overlap. So you bring it into a new relationship, all this garbage. It's just rolling on behind you, a garbage snowball, just gathering crap, right? And you're, you're dragging all this old stuff with you from a previous thing that shouldn't be there, that you should be ridding yourself of, and then you're mixing it with the new challenges of a new thing. It's a horrible thing. So don't even consider yourself, pat yourself on the back for starting over if you are overlapping things. That is my take on starting over. You can have a gift, but you must make that break. Don't bring your crap. Don't overlap in relationships or situations. Because when we start over and we get that new perspective, it's like being a brand new baby. Everything is possible. Everything is possible. Nothing is out of reach. And so... You know, we're always starting over. That's another realization that I have had. You know, I used to read and there was a time when magazines and such talked a lot about the seven-year cycle of human cells, right? That all of your cells are replenished in seven years. You're a brand new being every seven years. But it happens a lot more than that, people. Give some credit to the cells that were the first to jump over into the new cell structure, right? They decided to start over. So I think we need to think about it not just as cyclical, because that would be more along the lines of traditional. And that's something that doesn't really fit too well, gel too well with my personality, but this idea that we can start over again every second, every minute, every day. I mean, woo! It almost blows the mind, doesn't it? 
but you've got to do it correctly. I've missed you. I love you all. Thank you for always being here. Keep listening and keep thinking. She's got no lessons planned for me because she's not that fancy. She's a professor forever. Professor forever.